0: It's real simple, you know. If you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're gonna
1: take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from Six Seventy The Scores, Mullen Haw Show. Dan Weiders from the Chicago Tribune. He's in New Orleans at the Superdome where the Bears lost to the Saints 24-17. to This is our post-game podcast reaction on Take the North. And the reaction to this one is like so many others, Dan. <laughs> a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of mistakes, self-inflicted by the Bears. You can't turn the ball over four times if you're Tyson Bajan and expect to win. They were more competitive. That's a low bar. Uh, but this was uh, one of those games that kind of teased you into thinking it was possible the Bears could win. And then you're being reminded why they can't win and don't win these kind of games.
0: Right. And I think, David, where the frustration is, is where we left off on Thursday when we were talking about the preview of this game and understanding that the Saints aren't very good and that, you know, like you should be able at some point in your development, at some point in your climb to be able to seize opportunity in games like this against opponents like this. The Saints aren't very good and they didn't play very good. And there you are hanging around in a game and you get into the fourth quarter with a tie score and you have an opportunity to. To finally uh, have that breakthrough and then all of a sudden it's a a turnover avalanche and a penalty avalanche and a a mistake avalanche and the next thing you know here we are at two and seven fast forward into a short week against the Panthers this week and, and we're just in the same cycle of they're not that good and at some point they've got to get better.
1: They're not that good, and they need to get better, and that can be somewhat redundant. Every postgame can tell a different story. You were in the locker room in New Orleans. How would you describe it? Who did you talk to?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, we started with Montez Sweat today just because that's a a guy who obviously is going to now be here for the long haul, at least uh, a few more seasons after signing that four-year $98 million extension. On Saturday, this is a guy who came into the day. The plan was, David, as you know, to play him uh, primarily on third downs, And two-minute situations and mix them in where it otherwise made sense uh, didn't have a major impact. You know, like two tackles on the stat sheet. He had a one uh, credited for a pass defense when he beat Ryan Ramchick around the edge and was able to hit Derek Carr on the shoulder. If you're watching that play live, you think, hey, that might be a strip sack. And Eddie Jackson scoops up the loose football and he's racing to the end zone. You say, maybe that's the kind of break the Bears need. It was correctly ruled an incomplete pass. But that was about all we heard for Montez Sweat today, and so uh, look, like uh, there's a bigger discussion to be had here, and maybe this is the, the, the entry point for it now. The Bears rewarded him with money for him to be one of the uh, every week elite game changers in this league, and obviously it's a, a difficult ask in, in game one after a, a three-day three week with your new team and a, a whirlwind of trying to get your feet on the ground, but going forward, it is absolutely justifiable. Justifiable to expect major contributions from Montez Sweat because that's who the Bears rewarded him, and that's how he's going to have to produce.
1: The way I feel about this is is probably uh, going to sound a little bit like rationalization or, or giving them a little bit of a pass, but but I, but I think that when any anybody's in a situation where th- they're desperate to start something and they need credibility, you know, the Bears aren't operating. They're not making able to make a decision on Montez Sweat or that that edge rusher the way that you know maybe 24 of the 32 teams in the league are. I mean they're they're not a competitive franchise. They haven't won a a playoff game in 13 years. You know that they are the bottom of the barrel in the NFL. So we 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 tend to want to treat them like as maybe we should keep the standards high, like you know like they are the Patriots, like they are you know the Chiefs, like they're the 49ers and you know, when you're writing polls and, and you're desperate for something to get started here and you want credibility, I understand why you overpaid a guy like that. I mean, I don't, I know he's not going to get, he's not, he's not one of the bosses. He's not Khalil Mack in his prime. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to get double digit sack numbers, but I, I have no problem with them. Number one, assuming that his production over the next four years is going to be better than any second round draft pick they're going to de- take. And number two, Paying him money when they have the most to spend in the league, so I I don't, I don't really mind them getting. And I understand the urgency, and we want to say that, we will say that. But like, he's he's a guy you had to have. You have no talent on this roster overall. You got to start to build somewhere.
0: Well, okay, that's fine. But you, you're paying him to be a star, and you're not. We're not just talking about 2023 here. We're talking about 2025. We're potentially talking about 2027, and you need stars on your football team. The Bears have very few, if any, on this current roster, and they just paid star money to a guy that's going to have to produce like that. Montez Sweat, to his credit, in the, in the locker room afterwards said, "Look, like this is security that you that you aim for when you first get into the league. This is a, mm-hmm. a, a wonderful comfort to have, but it also brings a, a, an elevated level of expectation." And I think he's understanding. That, that he is going to be measured based on the contract that they gave him. And so, uh, you know, ha- having an eight sack year is not going to register with the the, the masses as, wow, that's a, a, a true star that you brought true. in and you gave away not only a huge contract, but again, that second round draft pick is significant. I don't know how we can sit here and bash the organization for the trade they made a year ago. Uh, giving away the number thirty-two overall pick for Chase Claypool, and then shrug off like, ah, it's just a second-round pick. Who knows what they could have gotten in the second round?
1: Well, I I, d- I do think though that there's a difference in the player coming in return. No question: that, the, You know, Chase Claypool wasn't going to be as no question, but you still gave up a him.
0: premium draft asset.
1: Yeah, you did, and and I think he's you know whether he becomes a star in the next four years or allows other people to become stars. Uh, Yeah, will he earn the money? I don't know. But I think at some point in time, you're always going to have one of those deals that stands out for being a little bit exorbitant. And I I don't, I I would have preferred the Bears do this than do nothing. Fine, sure, fine.
0: Did something rather than nothing. And then they did a little of nothing on the field here today. Obviously, Montez Sweat is part of the day's story. The, the biggest part of the, the story is the turnovers, and, and Tyson Bajan uh, offsetting what was an encouraging performance in flashes with four giveaways, a- including three interceptions uh, on passes that that you just can't make at this level and expect to get away with it. Now, the Bears hung around, and they kept getting opportunities, and it felt like they had nine lives today with the number of times they got the ball back with a, a chance to still go tie the, the football game, including a, a day where we had a double. David one doink for each team with the kickers banging uh, the the, the same uh, set of goalposts on different uprights. Um, But look like you can't turn the ball over like that. And there were some moments today where you're just like, man, like he looked really good. And then you look at the end of the stat sheet and you're just like, you you just, you're never going to be competitive in the NFL with, with four, four giveaways.
1: two different halves. And he was so good in the first half. He looked so, uh, much like a battler and a guy who has resilience and he bounced back from the interception and he seemed unfazed so much to the point, Dan, you know, Boomer Siason sitting there in New York in the CBS <laughs> studio. And he says, you know, if the bears win, it's hard to replace Justin Fields. It's, it's going to be a difficult thing. Um, and then the second half happened and now it's, you know, there, there's no, there's no question now. I mean, and, and in fairness to Tyson Bajan, I I, I think that um, not being there in new Orleans, I watched him handle it post game pretty well professionally. He made it easy for the coaches in terms of, you know, he was that bad in the second half. You can't turn the ball over the way that he did. You can't be fooled on coverages and you can't throw uh, passes to the defensive backs going to break on and get to. Um, so Justin Fields, who practiced on Friday, uh, I, I think that puts him in a position to be reasonable, reason, reasonably expected to, to play on Thursday. Uh, if he doesn't, that means there's been some sort of setback. But
0: Well, no, you know. it, it doesn't necessarily mean there's been a setback as much as it means it's a short week with no practice time, you know, and so it makes the evaluation a little bit more complicated, and I think it's going to be interesting the decision uh, that they make here because DJ Moore was one of the players in the locker room after the game, David, that said, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, in a short week, I don't know what we can expect from Justin coming back after, you know, what is a three-game absence and you are trying to knock some rust off, you're trying to get back in a rhythm. And with no practice time, it's hard to really get a, a, a fair assessment. So it may not be entirely health dependent in terms of the decision they make. They've got they've got to sort
1: through some things this week. God, they've got to Dan, they can't overthink this. I, I, I mean I, I they're I, playing I, the Panthers. Right. They're, they're two and seven. You have eight games to evaluate Justin Fields, yeah, rust right. and and layoffs and a hundred percent versus eighty five. You can't you these are these are these are distinctions you can't make when you stink as badly as the Bears stink. Fair Justin enough. Fields has got to play.
0: Fair enough. If he can squeeze the football and he can it, throw it and he can get himself acclimated he, and he puts out a seventy percent effort, yeah. Uh,
1: he he's physically except for the thumb, fine and processing wise there's no he's got 30 some career starts I saw him throwing on video you weren't there I don't think on Friday but I I don't to me it'd be a shocker if he doesn't play now yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what direction they
0: take it. And, and again, like now we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Right. And now it's, we're, it's back to the evaluation of Justin Fields for a two and seven football team that now is going to have to test itself because there's still half a season left and the discouragement and the, you know, the, the lack of any sort of tangible meaningful thing to play for down the stretch of the season is fading and and, and so now you've got to really 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 test the focus and the grit and all the things that that come with being a last place football team trying to make your way across the finish line and now Justin's got to go take his career by the horns again you know and try to try to steer it back on track
1: and that's maybe the biggest development or takeaway from today. You know, if you had won the game and Baygent had been the one part of the reason why, and you're sitting there at three and six and you got a struggling coaching staff, might have been like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to see how far this we can ride this and we're going to get back into it in the, in a, a very mediocre NFC. And you can maybe fool some people into believing that the arrows pointed in the right direction. I think today removed a lot of the doubt if there was any remaining, but you're two and seven. Yeah. You're staring at, the only thing that's going to matter now in the final eight games is draft position. You don't know, or you know that Tyson Bajan has has probably announced himself a pretty capable, competent backup who can get you through two to three games in a pinch, but you've got to make a decision about Justin Fields. And he has eight games to provide information. And if he doesn't play many of those eight games because of injury, that's the information he's providing. (laughs) That's part of the entire evaluation process is availability. So, uh, I think that pro- that 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 process continues or resumes this week, even though they won't have much practice time Thursday night. It's a battle uh, for futility at Soldier Field. I can't wait till Al Michaels uh, <laughs> announces this one.
0: Yeah, look like we're going to be talking about draft order again, right? And and yeah. like look like one of these teams has to win, and so somebody's going to go in the the wrong direction on that draft board. I, I think if you're the Bears, you want it to be you because you can keep the Panthers down, and then you obviously need that you need to you need to break through at some point, particularly in these winnable games. And this is obviously now against an inferior opponent, you know, so what, you're not punching up.
1: What uh, what other things stood out in in the in the post game? Yeah, you know, well, the defense had uh a, a decent day but uh, some and some corners we talked about sweat um they stopped the run you know i thought i didn't mention in my column on six seven the score but i thought jack sanborn flew around and had a really strong day uh there were other guys in the secondary that um uh you know i i didn't think eddie jackson was as active as, as he looked like he was rusty he looked like he was not really eager to get uh, too much contact in there um other guys that probably stood out was it, who else stood out, Dan?
0: Well, look, I like the defensive effort is interesting to me because. You have these five possessions in the fourth quarter, David. That all started in Bears territory, and the Bears only gave up seven points on that. Now, obviously, they benefit from the clock running out when the game ends and a, and a field goal attempt that hits the upright. But they kept stiffening when the Bears needed them to stiffen. They kept getting the stops when the Bears needed them to get the stops. They get that that you know fourth and short, uh, quarterback sneak stop on Derek Carr, and the measurement comes out, and you are like, my God, like this is these are the types of moments that can help you swing a, a wayward day into the positive column and the offense could just never match it they could never respond uh, with all of those stops in in Bears territory and then you look at the statue then and then you go okay no takeaways for the fourth time this year and the and the tenth time in the Maddie Bear flu Sierra no The first time in the last two years, and you're just like you can't win football games with a defense that doesn't make impact plays, you know. And so you've got to get a pass rush, you've got to get a group that takes the ball away. And until you do, you're going to be on the wrong end of all these winnable, close games against mediocre opponents.
1: Yeah, I and I thought the Bears' defense had started to make some progress, and you know the Saints they have, have, yeah, yeah, and they have, you know, but still, uh, the, the the Saints pretty much did. They got the, they they got the first downs when they needed to. They they made the 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 big play when they needed to. They had a great play design on the touchdown um, pass to Jawan Johnson. You know Taysom Hill ran all over him. How old is he anyway? Is he like? He's got to be near 40. Man, that no, 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 no. He's, he's been around forever. <laughs> I bet you he's not even in his 30s yet. But... Oh, I bet you Taysom Hill's. talk. Uh, let me check while you do some other talking. He's got to be. He's got to be over 30. He's on the wrong side of 30. You do mention
0: the touchdown pass to Jawan Johnson, and that was an interesting sequence to me because the Bears had some personnel confusion before that. They were trying to figure out which group to have in the game. There was a, 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 a mass substitution there. They come running on, and then they had a little bit of a busted coverage on the back end where it looked like either Jack Sanborn or Elijah Hicks uh, were, were having some crossed wires in terms of who's responsible for the tight end in that, that circumstance. And it ends up being the go-ahead touchdown in the last score of the game for the Saints. Um, and so it's uh, it's uh, it, it's tough, tough little bit there. I'm seeing that you got an answer for me.
1: He's 33 years old. <laughs> Close to 40. He's been in the league since 2017 and people still can't stop him. I mean, when he's in the game, he's running the ball. Yeah. He's no, running I mean- the ball. And they did a good job
0: in spurts but then there's a couple that get out of the gates and then he, he passes the ball and he throws a touchdown pass at one point and Yeah, that was uh, He nice. catches the it's just nice. the whole thing is uh there's a lot that goes with this. They, they just need to be better. The one thing that we'd be talking about a lot if the Bears had won this game is that touchdown catch by Cole Komet in the first quarter. David yeah, I mean like my god there's great there's a, there's one angle of a replay where Tyron Matthews you can just see his hands getting ready to catch the ball and then somehow big Cole comes over the top and and is able to make that catch. That was a a moment, you know, it's an exclamation point moment where you're like this. These are the contributions you need when you're a team like the Bears. They just get too few of them and, and, and they're too infrequent.
1: D.J. Moore didn't have a good day, did he? he? Fumbled and he had a pass that he got his hands on in the end zone. And he's going to tell you, I think, when he's on the Mullion Haw show at eight o'clock on Monday morning, um, he might say he needs to catch that pass in the end zone.
0: Yeah, trying to find his final numbers on the day, and and the, you know there's just there's some moments that you got to capitalize on. DJ Moore was targeted today five times, had three grabs for 44. Uh, a little bit of a Darnell Mooney resurgent. He had five catches for 82 today. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 83 yards on 20 rushes. There were another couple moments today where it looked like he was a you know a, a a breath away from breaking a big one, including one that I think he ended up punching the turf four or five times. The Bears settled for a field goal on the drive that could have been a a game changer. Touchdown! If he could have just kept his footing, he went down there. And these are the types of things that happen when you're a losing football team. You just you come out on the wrong end of those things. Uh, I believe the Bears had eight penalties. The Saints only one. We already mentioned the the takeaways. All of it's bothersome. Third,
1: Third straight game where they've had seven or more penalties. I believe and it only happened 3 times last year i think they're up to 5 this year in 99. Bayless games. Jones
0: had one of those penalties a face uh, mask penalty. Yeah, i think he, had he dropped go the away. pass earlier. And, and
1: Fleuchy Fluc- <laughs> didn't have his back post game saying if you're in the NFL you shouldn't be grabbing a face mask. Why? Don't you, if you're going to be that accountable and that that publicly c- cut him already.
0: Yeah. Cut no, him. I, I mean like you're 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 basically uh, giving him a roster spot to tell people that long kickoffs are going out of the end zone. It's going to be a touchback at <laughs> the 25. You know, right, let's just...
1: get uh, we could go on all night, but let, let's get to a couple of three-word reviews that were sent in on at Take the North Pod.
0: Yeah, you know how much our audience loves to play the game and, and how much they get in there. I'll give you a handful here. Okay. Uh, Chuck Humbertson gave us Don't Sweat It. We talked about earlier the uh, the first game for Montez Sweat. Uh, this was a common theme. This one's from Conceptual Art and Teaching. That's an interesting uh, Twitter handle, but no QB controversy. I think you're uh, rubber stamping that verdict in terms of the, the over. Bears not having a I love the story,
1: opinion. but it just ended.
0: Combination. Uh, Jordan gold gives a, a, a one. He says, the culture is great. We talked about that the other day. <laughs> we awesome. got those culture ribbons from Michael's to hand awesome. out again on Monday because they, they, they were so close again today, David, and they, they handled a, another rough week with, with great grace and, uh, and poise. So kudos to them. Uh, At Bears fan 127 gives us so far away. I think I would agree with that. Another culture still awesome one. Kevin Wynn says Fields is QB1. He's not wrong there. Uh, Wrexham AFC, I'm going to throw a penalty flag on him because he tried to make the last word of this three-word review all one word, and it's polls missed C.J. Stroud, and he made C.J. Stroud all one word. I'm I'm giving him uh, the benefit of the doubt because it is a good sentiment here because the Bears said last winter that they'd have to be blown away. C.J. Stroud apparently lit it up again today for the Houston Texans and is lighting it up for two months now at the start of his rookie season.
1: We're about to see Bryce Young. Okay, this is what we need to talk about maybe tomorrow or maybe moving forward. So, Will Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields. Rank them. Rank them.
0: All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put studs on that task. Uh, I got this. This one was from MTO, and I don't know if he missed a comma here, David, but his was no more Dan, and I don't know if it was supposed to be no more comma Dan, meaning like he doesn't want any more, or he just wants no more me, which would be a, a tough break for That's me. Uh, e Brown fourteen eighty one throws us. When's the draft? Always last weekend of April. You should know this by now because it's all we ever talk about with the Bears. Jeff Bukowski gives a one that you could put in here pretty much every single week. To sell the team people have had that sentiment for a long time that's followed by beer man gives us miss Kasky should sell a couple more here uh mike haig gives us glad they covered so if somebody somebody's happy with <laughs> part of the, part to the result today. uh um and then uh, turnovers baked bears from joel w uh, Greg Johnson cut Velas Jones and the last one from Mark second half predictable.
1: The Bears have not won in that building since 1991 and yet as bad as it is and we just went over it in 20 minutes of misery, as bad as it is if you had told somebody in January 20th, 1986, okay, you can win this game. <laughs> but if you win this game, you're gonna struggle like for the next 40 years in this building. Do you want to win this game and struggle into perpetuity or would you lose this game and you're going to win every game you play against the Saints for the next 40 years? I think they still would have taken Super Bowl 20, my friend.
0: I would have taken Super Bowl 20 and then I was sitting over here, over to my left on New Year's Day of 2002 uh, for Rohan Davey versus Kurt Kittner in the Sugar Bowl. (laughs) I would have taken an Illinois win in that game, too, even if it meant never experiencing a joyous (laughs) moment in
1: this building. Oh, boy. All right. Well, you need to get to the French Quarter. We need to let you have some dinner. Um, Great job with the reporting from... The Superdome, another Bears lost 24 to 17. We'll be back Tuesday morning. We'll drop another podcast so you can listen to what we have to say about moving forward. And then it's a short week. So we'll have another one Thursday before the game. If we can swing it, we will just keep it tuned on at Take the North Pod on Twitter and follow Dan's and you read this column at Chicagotribune.com. You can read mine at six seventy scorecom And we'll be on your uh, Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all week long. Anything else, Dan?
0: No, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's get out of here and uh, regroup. with short week, week ten. Here we are.
1: We've week already week ten. It. <laughs> that, they have eight games left, and that is a, That is more of a threat than a promise. Um, all right, until that finale at Lambeau. Can't wait. Can't wait for that one. That's gonna be quite the matchup. All right. Thank you for listening to the Tanked North podcast. We will talk to you next time.